This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Kane in the pipe, oh, and it's yeah. blocked! And it is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here on week 18's somber Inside Black and Gold podcast on an ending to a season that I guess in the end, Jeff, is kind of fitting for what we saw from this Saints squad this year. They built it up, and I feel like we all bought into that going out on a high, and then that kind of totally got sucked away in a game that I can't believe you know we had to sit through. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm celebrating. What this is this is a party for me. I am thrilled because I don't have to talk about this goddamn team anymore. They they can't hurt me anymore. It's over. Yeah, but now, <laughs> because, now speculation city begins. Now you gotta yeah, start. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Anything but this season. This season has been the worst. Escape from um, reality. But yeah, I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow us on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak at Steve Geller WWL. This is gonna be our last post-game podcast of the year, obviously, considering it is the last post game we are going to have of the 2022 season so the schedule is going to be a little different we're going to start publishing on tuesdays and thursdays again it's going to be two episodes a week so keep that in mind if you haven't gone and subscribed please do that wherever you get your podcast we really do appreciate it. it means a lot and it means even more if you go you can leave us a rating a review on apple Podcasts because those help us a lot in the algorithm we want to show up in searches that's how you can help us do that so long story short that's my that's my shtick but yeah this season needed to end you know and i think you know, whether the players wanted to admit it or not, they wanted the season. Like once it stopped meaning anything in week 18, they were ready for this this miserable season to end just like everyone else was. And that's what you saw today. They had a scripted drive to start the game. It went eight plays, touchdown. Chris Olave got over a thousand yards. That was really the only thing that it seemed like anyone cared about. And uh, that's what it was. And I thought Cam Jordan had a good take on how this game kind of felt just around this entire season at large. Thoughts on how this game ended seemed to depict the, the Saints' season entirely. Um, chances to score, we didn't. Chances to make a big play, a um, couple tackles, missed. Ebbs and flows, team never gives up, fighting. But when you let a team 
last to the end of the quarter, end of the fourth quarter, and end up getting beat in the fourth. How many games have we seen that this year? There's, uh, like I said, it just Too seemed many. like the games we lost, this is exactly how it happened. You let somebody who shouldn't have been in the race stay in the race, and that's how you end up losing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it very much was, and uh, I, I, I can't disagree with that. This This game was the Saints season in a nutshell. It looked good for very short periods of time. <laughs> you felt like the Saints were in control, and they never really were. And then at the end, you know, they, they decide, you know what? This isn't what we want. We don't want to be a good team. We're going to be a bad team. And then they lose. I was all excited. Alvin Kamara was looking great. <laughs> he was. Alvin played well. Alvin had his best game, I thought. He definitely looked like he had some of those moves back. You know, you know what I mean? Well, he was breaking tackles, right? He looked like he, he, looks, he, was, he was Alvin slippery, Kamara right? ran like Alvin Kamara in this game. He, he ran 23 times, 107 yards, 4.7 yards a carry. And it was a legit 107 because it wasn't like he had one long run and then a bunch of small runs. Like his long run was 22 yards. So like he he just kept ripping carries off. He's the only player that I look at and say he had a good game from on the offense, at least. It's too bad we didn't throw him the ball at all. <laughs> Never do. He had one catch for three yards on two targets. Rashid, you know, it, it very much felt like the offense had – 15 scripted plays, which is what you do, right? You, you script the first 15 plays. That's what every team does. And it felt like very much that they did that and then nothing else. It did not seem like they had a plan. It didn't seem like the team understood what they were supposed to be doing. Chris Olave, I thought, looked very, I don't want to say aloof, but unfocused in this game. There was a point in the first half, if you remember, that drive where it was the other drive that felt like, oh, this is a good football team. <laughs> they got down into the into the Panthers' territory. It was a long drive. And then, for whatever reason, Chris Olave was standing over on the sidelines with his helmet in his hands. And that happened for, I want to say, six consecutive plays. It was either five or six or seven in that range. And there were multiple times, and I was watching him, and I was tweeting about it because it was weird to me, in part because I had the over on Chris Olave yardage, which was 65, and he got to 60. So that's oh. what I was self-interested at that point. I was like, why isn't he on the field? And... It's the second week in a row I've been screwed over on a Chris Olave prop because last week I took his over on catches, which was four and a half. He had four catches on the opening drive, didn't catch another pass the entire game. So I don't know if they're just messing with me specifically, but it they did look like he was, I don't know if he was getting punished or something. I thought maybe he had re-aggravated his hamstring and they were like, you know what, we're just going to shut you down. But that couldn't have been the case because he played like the entire second half. So I almost feel like he was... He had messed something up and they were, you know, they had, he was in a doghouse or something because this was before the fumble. And he didn't come back on the field until the final drive after they got the interception and they were trying to get into field goal range. So, like, then there were multiple instances where I looked down and I saw him kind of jogging out in the field. And I was like, oh, he's back in the game. And then I looked out and he wasn't in the personnel. And I went back and I was like, oh, he's back on the sideline. So, again, I don't know what happened there. But he did not look focused in this game. He had several drops. He had the fumble. You know, he had 12 targets. He only had five catches. There were multiple instances where he was running one route and Andy Dalton was throwing another um, down the field. It just, it, was, it didn't look right. Um, what, so I yeah, do wonder. Like what, what happened after the touchdown? He made yeah. that great spin. Looked great. And looked then, great. like, so, suddenly, like, he, he, like, shook everything. And couldn't couldn't hold on to the ball. 
Yeah, I don't know. It was not a good game for him. It was really too- weird, but just to see all of a sudden he's had some issues this year with ball, sec- you know, ball security and a few drops. But this game was like pile it on. You know what I mean? I, I do wonder if there's kind of a rookie wall thing going on. That's always an issue for rookies. Is you go into to an NFL season and suddenly you're playing 17 games and it's every week and it's a grind. And especially you get to the end of the season and now this game doesn't really matter for the playoffs. And it's like, okay, I'm just unfocused. Like you have to be really focused to play in the NFL. And I don't think people appreciate that from an outside perspective. It's like you can lose that edge very easily. And when you do, you don't, you know, you, you, you're Kenny Galladay, right? Like you need every ounce of, of focus to perform well in an NFL game. You don't do it by accident. And I just felt like he was very unfocused today. I felt like the entire offense, especially in the second half, was very unfocused. You know, like you can say they they had chances in the Alvin. half, and they did. In the second half, the only chances they had were were created by, you know, the interception by Daniel Sorensen. You know, like, like these instances where the defense set up the offense and they still couldn't perform. And that's what – I think that's the story of this game. We last uh, laughed last time that he got that takeaway, but man, Sorensen is Mister. I'm in the right place at the right time. Yeah, if you want to look at it this way, five of the Saints' seven interceptions this year came from the tandem that I refer to as the X Chiefs. Right, because Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen, who both played for the Chiefs last year, they had five of the Saints' seven interceptions. Five. The other two were Marshawn Lattimore and Demario Davis. Tyron's got three. Yes. And, and you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn or anything, but I also am because I think that people over the last few weeks have started to appreciate that Tyron Matthew is actually playing well. Um, and, and like, I get it. He started slow, but he has been very good over the final two months of this season. And you know who set a career high in tackles today? Dun, 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 dun. Who? Tyron Matthew. He finished the season with wow. 90 tackles. That's the most he has had in his career. And like for a guy who had like was roundly criticized for not being a good tackler and for missing all these tackles, he set a career high in tackles. Um, and uh, one thing, and you know, Tyron was asked like when he started feeling comfortable, and I thought he was very honest in his answer after the game. You know, it's probably fair to say, you know, maybe midway, you know, through the season. Um, you know, took a lot of punches, you know, early on in the year. Um, but you know, I've been doing this a long time. Um, so, you know, you just keep coming to work, you know, keep trying to get better, uh, you know, and just, you know, stick with your teammates through it all. So, you know, I felt like I did that for the most part. And, uh, you know, I felt like I finished the season, you know, fairly strong. I thought that was telling. I thought the fact that he was willing to admit, like, yeah, I, I didn't really feel comfortable in this offense until about halfway through. You know, I do think you saw that, right? Like, I think he played very well over the last couple months of the season, and it coincided with this defense really stepping up in class. And they did finish the season without allowing a 20-point opponent after week nine. So That's ridiculous. When you look at the numbers, forget the, the run that you're talking about right there, but just in this game alone of what Carolina couldn't do and somehow swept you this season – with ineptitude everywhere. It was that's some disgusting football and and back-to-back matchups. 
Yeah. So the, the, like we can talk all we want about that stat, right? The, the like points without allowing or games without allowing 20 points or more. The problem is they lost four of them. You have four and four. <laughs> like, great. You haven't allowed anyone to score 20 points, but you didn't score 20 points either in, in a majority of them. So, yeah, you know, and, and people are going to say fire DA, whatever. I'm concerned about the kicking game. I'm concerned about the offense. <laughs> like those are two things that you have to, that you knew going into this season were going to have to be handled independently of the head coach because he is a defensive guy and you needed to trust and deputize people to take care of those elements of the game. It's the same reason that you needed a strong defensive coordinator with Sean Payton and it didn't happen. If Will Lutz makes a field goal in this game, you win it. <laughs> Straight up. Either because one. you don't even try the 55-yarder if you were up 10-7. to 7. You just punt it knowing that Sam Darnold at that point had 14 yards passing. <laughs> and you say, you know what, Sam? If you, can, if you can quadruple your passing yardage in the final two minutes of this game, good on you. But they couldn't trust Will Lutz to make a field goal, and, and that's what cost you that game. Somehow Darnold managed to have a worse performance than Baker Mayfield, and yet they both got victories. Oh, yeah, both both Panthers quarterbacks had terrible games against the Saints. Unbelievable. Like putrid. He finished 5 for 15 for 43 yards passing with two no touchdowns and two interceptions. 21 of those yards came on one pass play to set up the game-winning field goal. Ugh. He had 22 passing yards going into the final drive of the game. He had more rushing yards. He had 32 rushing yards. And that's one thing I tweeted during the game is I always forget that Sam Darnold isn't that slow. And I think the Saints did too. <laughs> because he 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 had you know, he ran for a significant number of yards in this game. He was Mr. You know, elusive. I couldn't believe how many times he wriggled his way out of trouble, uh, especially on third down, of course. And you see him scrambling, you know, picking up picking up that yardage and it, it just uh, that happened, you know, obviously a couple times, but man, you just really have to question how the how things are going with the offense. I don't really blame it on the O line, even though they were lacking a lot of guys up front, obviously in this game. But I didn't think that was the reason. I thought it was more of either the execution or the call. Yeah, I mean, I just all season long, I felt like this this offense was like working at half speed and like the creativity wasn't there and you didn't take advantage of situations. And the example that comes to mind is it was a third and I want to say like six in the fourth quarter. And you ended up with Josh Norman one-on-one -on -one over Chris Olave. And he had to be one-on-one -on -one because he's the X. So there's no, there's no one else over on that side. There's just a deep safety and Josh Norman. So he is on an Island. Um, and Instead, the play call was a quick slant to the opposite side of the field to Rashid Shahid, and Dalton left it behind Rashid. It was a you know an incompletion, fourth down, a punt. And it's like as an offense, the whole your goal should be to isolate and take advantage of of matchups. And Josh Norman, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two, I'm sorry twenty twenty three, is not a guy who you should ever let off the hook when he's one-on-one -on, -one on your best receiver. And, like, I don't get it. Like, how is that not a read? How is that not a check? 
How is that not a key you have going into the game, knowing that Josh Norman is going to be on the outside against one of your fast receivers and you never challenged him? You did on the first drive of the game and you scored a touchdown and you never did it again. Did you see one instance in that game where they attacked Josh Norman? No, and the other thing that stands out to me was obviously the miss on not seeing Taysom wide open for a touchdown. That was bad too, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was just so many moments that you couldn't believe. It felt like it should have been like 21 nothing kind of game, and you looked up and it was 7 nothing for the longest. It felt like a team that wasn't ready to play, and whether that's true or not, you know, I think that the, like if you go back and watch that game, you're going to feel that way. Um, I don't know if it had to do with the, the you know, like I don't want to put it on any situations, but I do think they probably got a later start to the week because of the whole DeMar Hamlin situation. There was a lot of distractions. Carolina um, lost two O-linemen in that game, though. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, the issue wasn't on the defensive side of the ball. The defense, no. did, short of scoring a touchdown, the defense did everything it possibly could. It was so uh, on the encouraging note of seeing all of a sudden those takeaways started coming in bunches like everyone, you know, starts talking about and just boom, it's it's the finito. They're done. We don't get to see more of that, at least. I, I thought it has been a huge positive, obviously. Yeah, it's the second consecutive season. I'm disappointed that I don't get to see what this defense could have done in the playoffs um, because last year I felt the same way. It's like you could win a game with this defense if you did it Absolutely. the right way, and you just don't get to see that. But yeah, and and that's why like you hear from you hear Cam talking. Cam, yeah, it's like you actually believe what he's saying in terms of like, yeah, I'm pissed off because the defense. You know, you say like the the Saints came into this maybe not ready to play. That's only that's on the offensive side of the ball. That's not true on the defensive side of the ball. The defensive side, they they played their hearts out in this game. And here's what Cam had to say about how, you know, you enter the offseason um, and how you're going to, going to approach that. Into the offseason, let this, let this loss burn. There's nothing to be proud of going 7-10. and 10. Um, Not making the playoffs for the second time in a row. Let it burn. Let it, let it stay in your mind. Let it simmer. Let it carry over into your workouts. Let it carry over into whatever you got to do to get your mind right. Um, take some time. Heal your body. And at the same time, let it, let it be not even at the back of your mind. Let it be at the front of your mind. We have to be able to come in and take command from jump. You think about the entire season, what happens. Um, I think defense made some plays, but we, there, if there's plays to be made, we can always make more. I think that, you know, early on this, this first half of the season, we didn't have enough turnovers. I think early on, you know, whatever it was, um, we were working on some things. Second half of the season, you saw a completely different energy around the team. And that's the energy you need from jump. Not to finish the way we wanted. It's going to be irksome for a while. Definitely agree with that because, like, I was all bought in. Like, I thought four in a row, man, this team was really gelling. And I was like, unfortunately, too little, too late. But, hell, they'll still go out on a high into the offseason abyss of no playoffs. But not even not even any we, – we don't get joy from that. It just – the play calling on offense, I don't know if it didn't suit the person. I, I still can't believe we didn't go deep to Shahid more. At least there's not there's not the one shot to him. Even no, it, it, the offense just looked like it didn't have a plan, and I, that's what happens when you don't have a plan. I got excited for a second. I saw Jameis Winston all of a sudden walking from the bench area, and I'm like, "Is he coming to warm up to to give me a toss downfield?" And nope. for some reason, no, he went to the the locker room, but he came back. I don't know if he just had to take you know bathroom break 
or uh, something. I would guess. I would guess it was a bathroom break. But um, unfortunately, yeah. he wasn't warming up the arm. I didn't get to see Taysom, uh, him come in in relief of Taysom and uh, Dalton out there. The funny thing is, you you look at Andy's numbers and they're not that bad. You know, at fifteen for twenty five, one hundred seventy one yards and a touchdown. It's like a ninety three point nine passer rating. But like, uh, you watch the game and you're like, no, this was the, the, the his game wasn't that good. It's um, hard for me to be critical of Andy after I think of the atrocious drops that unfortunately Olave had. Yeah, but I mean, Andy, Andy had misses too. Like a- Andy, no, didn't oh, play well. Andy, luckily he didn't have like two or three more picks. Yeah, Andy, I, Andy did not have a good game. So there's one thing that really annoys me on offense, and it's that Eno Benjamin got two carries for three yards. Yeah. And I just don't understand in a game where you're like clearly not putting your best foot forward. Why does Alvin have 23 rushing attempts and you don't even use, you know, like you've used David Johnson multiple times. He had two catches for 28 yards, but this guy who you just need to get a look at, you didn't get a look at him. Like, why, why is that? I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Um, you did get Trevor Penning in at left tackle. And I thought that he had a decent game. I have to go through the tape to kind of get a really an idea of how he held up in pass protection. I think he, as the game wore on, he he got beat a few more times. I think he started well. And he's always going to be a good run blocker. Um, but I think he got hurt late in the game and had to get replaced by James Hurst, who started at guard and shifted outside, unless I'm mistaken. I, I <laughs> It was hard for me to pay attention late in the game because it was just so miserable. But, yeah. No, Penning did um... – Walk off on his own power deal. He didn't need the cart to take him to, to the back, but definitely had the cleat off walking to the back with a, you know, ginger steps, not, you know, not putting too much pressure, but wasn't in, like I said, the over amount of, you know, damage considering that he was able to walk off on his own. Nobody was even like, you know, got the shoulder help. Uh, leaning on him, helping him walk in. He just kind of hobbled off on his own. Yeah, and hopefully it's nothing serious. I mean, obviously you're heading the off season, so any kind of maintenance issue, you you have plenty of time to deal with it. So it, you know that's what you hope. And I like even if he could have come back in the game, you don't come back into that kind of game if it's something that you could injure worse. But either way, you got some really valuable tape on Trevor as a starting left tackle. And you can go into the offseason and kind of get a better idea of what you are looking at there. You also got some tape on Hurst at left guard, which who knows with Andrews Pete, it's always hurt. And you kind of just need a backup option there. So if he's a better option than maybe a Lewis Kidd or a Calvin Throckmorton, all the better. You you want depth at that position and you want depth at a position where you can have a dual backup, right? Like he could he could obviously step in at any point and play left tackle, play guard. So that's something that's helpful. And so hopefully, you know, that's you can look at that and kind of move forward with both those guys because you really are hoping that to start next season, Trevor Penning is your starting left tackle. Yeah, that's a big one that, you know, it obviously still remains to be seen. I think we've seen enough from uh, like Elante Taylor to know that what you have in him going forward but there's still obviously you know with with penning missing so much time we didn't get to see him really develop much throughout the season at all i think that you know ho- hopefully yeah it's nothing serious with the with another foot injury for him because 
Yeah, that's what you worry about. You worry about him maybe re-injuring that that toe, that surgically repaired toe. You know, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that might be what it is, but that's what you would be worried about if he just, you know, sprained a sprained something or right. Um, you know, was dealing with just something that you need to give some time. You got plenty of time, right? Like that's one of the benefits, if you want to say, of missing the postseason is you get the extra couple of weeks of the off season and you can get as healthy as humanly possible. Right. So if you want to, if you want to look at the silver lining, it is extra rest for guys. Um, no, and I was going to say with no love for Eno, but you, you had, you had Taysom and Camara rolling though, quote unquote rolling. Yeah. I mean, Camara had a good game, but again, I didn't need, I, I know Camara is except we don't a throw football player, right? I don't need to see Alvin, in a game that doesn't matter, like he—that's not information that I need. Yeah, why do we? Hate, why do we not want to get Alvin in the end zone? Well, I think ever. they did want to get Alvin in the end zone, but if they didn't <laughs> get into situations where he could get into the end zone, right? Like they weren't—I don't know if they ran a play in the red zone today. That's actually a good question. Did they? Because like they fumbled outside the red zone, they had a turnover on downs outside the red zone. They scored a touchdown from outside the red zone. They missed a field goal from outside the red zone. I don't think they got into the red zone today once. Uh, that doesn't sound right, though. But when did they get into the red zone? They scored one touchdown, and it was a 25-yard touchdown. And that's that's the only time they scored. They fumbled from outside the red zone on Chris Olave's fumble. They missed a 44-yard field goal, which is outside the red zone. And they missed the 55-year-old year old, 55-yard field goal, which is also <laughs> outside the red zone. So I don't think they got into the red zone today. Ugh. No, not it's not like Carolina was there all day either. So no, they got there once. Actually, they might have got there twice because they did. Tyron got an interception like on the goal lines. So I don't know where that was thrown from, but um, they did run the ball well, and that's something that you're going to go into the offseason and saying, you know, so we did we 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 have established that this is a defense that can shut down the passing game and do it as well as anybody, but they're susceptible to the run, especially power run inside. Um, Chuba Hubbard had 21 carries for 69 yards and a long of eight. Uh, Deontay Foreman, 12 carries for 68 yards and a long of 21. So that's the type of run game that I think you have to find a way to stop. And, you know, when you're going into the draft and you're looking at prospects, I think defensive tackle is a position that you really need to take a long, hard look at. Because, you know, I think Malcolm Roach is a good player. I think he's a backup in the NFL. David Onyemata is a good player. I don't know if he's a, he's a star. And I think you need more depth there. Um, what, so what are we missing? Because, I mean, wh- what a drastic change, though, this year. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think who's not around from last last season that made such a difference. I don't think the run defense was that good last year either. Like I, I went to this season saying defensive tackle, interior defensive line is a position that they need to upgrade, and they didn't. And I think you're just seeing more and more. You know, I think David Onyemata is, I don't know, maybe he's peaked, right? Maybe he's on the second half of his career. And we saw the peak David Onyemata, and you know he's not going to be that guy anymore. You know, Although you know, pretty good game today, I'll say. I thought I think he's been fine. I think he's had a decent season. I just don't think that he has been a star, right? Like, right. You, know, you right. look at Vita Vea, and you see like, okay, this guy's going to just single handedly change a game. You look at like guys like Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, and the Chiefs. You know, these are guys who can change a game, and I don't think the Saints have that, right? You know, I think Shai Tuttle had a solid season. Again, I think these are rotational defensive tackles, Contavious Street, you know, and they're playing in bigger roles than you should have them playing in. And I think that's why you're having a you're having a harder time stopping the run. 
Plus, teams are forced to, to run the ball. That's the other thing is when you are a dominant secondary, teams are going to just, tr- you know, they're not going to, they're not going to take for granted that they can just throw it and not have to worry about it. They're like, okay, Sam is two of 12 for 12 yards. I guess we should try to run it. And that's what they did, right? That's what the Falcons did. When's the last time you saw the Saints hold an opposing offense to under 100 yards passing twice in a season? I don't know if it's ever happened, right? And so that, like, that's, a, that's, a, that's something you have to factor in is teams are going to stay absurdly dedicated to running the ball because they don't think they can throw it. And so it's going to expose deficiencies if you have them. And I think that's what's happened. The um, see, Seeing what this all, the defense has done of late, you got to wonder, though, can that sustain, obviously, into next season? Who's going to be still around? Who's going to get paid? And, you know, for all the complaints, you want to talk about Dennis Allen. Obviously, he's the main hand in that defense. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about Dennis Allen in the mailbag. <laughs> I was going to say, he's the main guy. He's the main the head you-know-what in charge of that D. Um, and look at the way it closed out the season. I, and I think it's easy, obviously, to look at the offense, obviously, where the deficiencies were. And to me, it's like, I, you know, I was kind of joking. Why, do, why does the team hate getting Alvin Kamara in the end zone? But how does that happen this season? I mean, is it something where he wasn't, completely him on the field yet or was it the offense holding him kind of back is it the court case kind of looming over him which i don't feel like that was the case at all no i don't think so it was just for him to be such an elite player in the league and what he can do it's unfathomable to me that he wasn't in the end zone more i don't think there's only there's any question that alvin has been misused in this offense I don't, you know, it's like we're going to get into this in the mailbag, so we don't have to get into it here. But I think <laughs> it's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into it here because there's a lot to be said, and we're already 30 minutes in. And, but yeah, I mean, from from the perspective of having all of these weapons and me not feeling like they've any of them have been used in their to their to their ceiling, like what, at the at the peak of what you could have expected. Um, that's that's frustrating, and that's where I think you're you're going to look in this offseason and you're going to be like, okay, where do we make changes? And that's where you're going to go. Where you said not using weapons, it just flew into my head something. I was, where the hell was Jawan Johnson all game? He had one catch for 21 yards. Adam Troutman had one catch for 18 yards. Traquan Smith had one catch for six yards. David Johnson, two catches, 28. Rashid Shahid, three catches on four targets, 34 yards. Chris Olave, five catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, but like, like you can say, where was he? Like, where was everybody? Sure, right. The offense didn't do anything. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just one of those guys I feel like can be utilized more, obviously. The, Sa- the Saints are so damn talented on that side of the ball, too. And I'm not saying – I think Andy Dalton is a good enough game manager to get it done, which doesn't make sense to me. When you have yeah. all that flanked out around him. I mean, I don't think you can go and pull anything out of this game and say like, okay, this is a fundamental issue with this team because this just wasn't a, this wasn't a football game. This was a, this was a preseason game with more pomp and circumstance and a better halftime show. I thought Rob Bass was great. I, I had a good time. It takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of it, it takes two to score a touchdown, I hope, apparently takes more than two apparently <laughs> enough. all right let's wrap up that segment we're going to come back with the mailbag this is inside black and gold hit the subscribe button thanks everyone for being here and for for sticking around 
going to go to a quick break, and then we will come back with your question. 